This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hello. <laughs> I got a message come up saying my mic is <laughs> muted, so already I don't know what I'm doing. But you guys can hear me, right? You'll let me know if you can't. So anyway, yep, I'm not D. You could tell this. You could see we have different faces with different ages. Um, I don't start by saying, what's going on? And let's go or anything like that. I don't have a brand. I don't have a brand. But um, and I'm not going to apologize for that because he stuck me with this show. He knew. He knew what would happen. Um, and we've got to look at a 5 nil defeat in the worst possible terms um patrick o'connor and cara rain with me um sorry patrick is uh only here for a, a little while um he's decided to join even though he said he wouldn't because he's got some something he wants to get off his chest i don't know what it is really i don't know what it's about um yeah looking forward to to seeing it probably something nothing nothing relating to football or or anything like that i'm sure it's just some general comments on the state of the world today i, I think probably so um but yeah thank you so much for joining us obviously not nothing really happy to talk about today depending on your perspective maybe you know this being potentially the straw that breaks the camel's back with roy hudson that could easily be um a positive for some people i'm sure um look really poor game there's no there's no getting away from it we we you know, frankly, I've, I felt like we'd lost the game before it even started. The lineup we put out was was pretty predictable, lacked any real pace. And then when I saw the players line up with a back three, and I, I just, I kind of feared the worst. We got to minute four, and all of the players, the entire Palace outfield eleven, was in our own defensive third. Four minutes into the game. And I just, that's the point for me where I kind of just knew this, this is going to go really, really badly today. If Arsenal were able to force our entire team back into our own defensive third in the first four minutes of a match, we have not got the right attitude for this. We've not got the right mentality um, and we don't really have a plan, you know, at all to, to try and to get anything out of the game. But our plan was, let's see if we can get a point if we're lucky. And I think even before the game, I didn't watch Roy's comments because frankly, I can't anymore. But I read I read along the lines of, you know, our, our plan is to keep it tight. Our plan is to stay competitive and, you know, try to try to get get through to half time and probably have a, have a go later on. But, you know, that's been the case against pretty much every single opponent we've had this season as well, which is another reason why for me the time is up but anyway i'll get into all of that i'm sure but i suppose initial reactions from yourself if i start with you cara and then we can hand over to patrick for his 45 minute rant we're like on the warm-up act um yeah let's see let's start yeah uh i mean it's just just shit wasn't it like i don't i don't even know if there is much point in us going through the the game to be honest which i appreciate is what a live reaction show is for but I don't think it's what I don't think any fan is coming out of that going like oh let's look at you know what we did wrong at the back or whatever like it's just 
is the epitome of just where we where we are as a club at the moment. I think there have been times where like on the pitch hasn't represented or has flattered us a little bit, if you can believe it. Um in terms of like how much of a mess we're in as a club. And I think this is now just really the chickens coming home to roost. Um, I said it like beginning of the season that was worried that we were going to be kind of the Leicester City of this season, like the on paper team that were too good really to go down. So like people didn't really worry or whatever. Um, And we just, we, okay, we've had some half decent kind of goals, moments on the pitch, whatever, but we are, I watched quite a lot of Leicester last season and we are really looking like we are repeating their season this time. Um, the only thing in our favour at the moment is that other clubs are getting points deducted. <laughs> like I really think that FFP is going to potentially do us a massive favour. But I did hear on the radio the other day that I don't think the um, appeal um, date uh, is until after the season finishes anyway. So we might not even be able to rely on FFB to save us. Um, I just, it's just dire. Like, I, I wish we could just write this off as like a, oh, it's just one of those freak results that, you know, um, it happens, whatever, we'll get past it. Like, I think all of us know it's not. Like, it's just uh, a lot, a lot of shit going on in the background and it's it's flooded through onto the pitch. No, I think that's that's completely fair. Um, it it as you say, it doesn't feel like a freak result. It feels like a result that's been coming for some time. Um, and it's not like Arsenal came into this game on a tremendous run of form. You know, we were lots of people kind of joking before the game. Well, this is that opportunity for Arsenal to get back to you know back to winning ways and so on and so yeah. forth. But it was it wasn't a joke. It's a it's a one hundred percent you know fact. It's we knew it. We knew exactly how we'd set up. We knew exactly what the problems would be, and we we lived it today. Patrick, yeah, I'm not going to go on a an epic rant as D did on the last show, but. It's just, it's incredibly frustrating. Um, first, thanks to everyone who's tuned in today. We have 262 of you guys tuned in. Don't forget the like button, subscribe. But I want to go to Sam's comment here. I'd never be more depressed to be a Palace supporter. This is not us. This is not our way. Ownership must change. Management must change. The best is must change. Sam, 100%. And that's where I am. It's, 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 it's not a, this is not a Hudson issue. Everyone knows I felt about Hudson. Hudson should never have been brought back. He was. Then he brought back for another, another City season. It made no sense. But the team is just rotten. It's just rotten from top to bottom. And it's just, it's incredibly frustrating. I would say embarrassing, but I've been a part time for so long. I've been more embarrassed than this than five minutes away to Arsenal. I just have. Mm. But it's just frustrating to, to think that we could be so much better than we are. And we are stuck in this awful malaise because Steve Parrott decided to, to sack a manager and bring in someone who we all knew would keep us up, but was not the future. And the fact that he is still here, and now this is one win in 12. I'm not going to become Statman Pat, but I could if I wanted to. The stats right now are absolutely awful. On set pieces, we are a disgrace. We are awful. And that was something that Hudson would, would lay his cap on. He was a defensive coach who did not give up goals from set pieces. And what he's done to come back, set piece goals. It's been awful. And the lineup again, Jeffrey Schlupp and Will Hughes in the same midfield is never going to work. He puts Eze on the wing, something we complain about Vieira for, and they leave him on for the entire match. After stating on the midweek, 
He couldn't play an entire match. And we're down at that point. When he made the last time, I think we were down 3-0. He brings on France and Ahamada. Puts France on the right. He's a left-sided player. And he puts Ahamada at right wing back. Okay, Roy. Appreciate what you've done for us so far. <laughs> seriously, it's time to go. Seriously, it is honestly time to go. The Tomkins one I have no problem with. Mm. Yeah, he was clearly injured, clearly couldn't run. But on the other yeah. subs made absolutely no sense. The lineup made no sense. I'm begging Parrish. I'm begging Roy. Either Parrish has to sack him or Roy has to walk. And I mean today, mm. not even tomorrow. Yeah. The banner was great. It's not enough. He has to go. Yeah. There's a lot of comments on that on that banner in the in the chat as well, saying what a great job yeah. it was and, and and you know, also agreeing strongly with you. And and a couple of people talking about Roy at the end, you know, not clapping the fans, but also he was basically he was, he was transfixed on that banner and reading it. And that's when the first the thought popped into my head, Patrick, that actually maybe he'll walk before before anything else happens because he doesn't he won't want that you know you know it's just, not just for the fact that that you know he does care but it's more to the point that you know you know him he's got an awful lot of pride in in what he does and for it to not be working you, do you know what this reminded me of and a lot of people probably watching this will have absolutely no memory of this because you know i'm old um not not as old as you patrick I'm, I'm older, which is always yeah, exactly. pleasing but <laughs> but joke, i'm still I'm, exactly. I'm quite old and this this reminded me of that the Stevie Kemba wigging away. Do you remember that where oh, it was wow. like you know, it was it was you know Simon Jordan chairman at the time come out and said like we it. need a performance. Yeah, yeah, and we got absolutely spanked all over the pitch against Wigan when we were all hoping just for we were hoping for this kind of like at least we don't mind whether we win or lose or draw. We just want to see some pride. And some some effort. We want to see a team that tries to win the game, and, and doesn't kind of doesn't sort of take that negative approach of saying, "Well, they're too good for us, so we're not going to try." We're just going to. We kind of expected something, some kind of a reaction, and it happened again today. You got the start of the game, pre-match, Roy saying they're a very good side, but you know we're we're happy with the underdog tag. Well, I didn't think that meant we're happy with the underdog tag, as in we quite happy taking the the loss. <laughs> And not bothering, because that's basically what today was. It was like, let's not bother. Like, yeah, and if you, you if that's not the intention, which I'm sure it wasn't. Cool. Sorry, Amber, I was just going to say, you'd be forgiven watching that, thinking that we're still in the FA Cup. And that was like a yeah. sixth club who've drawn Arsenal. And it's, you know, even then, I think a, a team in that situation would have probably like been set up better than we were because they would have, you know, given everything to try and get something out of it. Yeah. But what? But what even was the, the the attempt at the cup? If you think about it now, give it the context of today, like taking players off when you're one nil down to Everton, as you were saying, Patrick, taking Eze off at that point, protecting it. Like so, we, at that point, we're saying we're giving up on the cup to make sure we got right. some form of preparation for today. Well, if that's preparation for today, and we like, we got spanked, and it could have been a lot worse than five nil. Like as you right. said, Patrick, it's not. It's by nowhere near the worst thing that's ever happened to me watching no, Palace. You know, close, no. not even in the the top five hundred, but but it's still yeah, not good enough. And and you just think, well, okay, well, what was the cup then? You know, and I would go all the way back to the the game against Everton at Selhurst. You know, it being nil nil, and the action we took around an hour in, uh, exactly. a little bit more than an hour, uh, to, to shut up shop. Point. No, yeah. like seriously, just at that point. 
the only logical thing to do is to go, okay, win or lose. Doesn't matter. Win or lose because we've got an hour in. We haven't nicked a goal. We can't afford a replay. We don't have a big squad. You know, we can see, we know the fixture list ahead. So let's just manage things properly. And Roy has completely lost the plot with managing things. He manages game to game, moment to moment. He has no eye on the future of the football club. There is absolutely, he'll talk a great game about being concerned with the future of Crystal Palace and how much he loves the club. But when it comes down to it, it goes all goes out of the window on game day. He does not care. And, and, you know, the biggest failing of his as, as, a, as a manager, the biggest failing of his is to complain that the players he has don't have experience while simultaneously refusing to give them experience. If you play a lot, bunch of these players at the start of this season, like Hamada is a clear example of that. He played 26 games in the Bundesliga. Yeah, he wasn't and still isn't probably Premier League ready. But there were so many opportunities to play him in his right for, rightful position and give him you know, 30 minutes here, 45 there, get him up exactly. to speed. And yeah. he hasn't done it. And now Hamada is a waste of time because we're it chucking is. him on in games and saying, right, go do something. You go play right wing back against Arsenal when you're 3-0 three, three down. Oh, look, we didn't win the game 4-3, so he's a waste. Like, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And that's that's Roy all over. He's a, he creates a bunch of scenarios. I'm sorry because I'm going on a rant and I know everybody else wants to speak, but like, you know, to me, Roy does this with, with our whole squad. He looks at the limitations of the squad. You know, I could go through every single position, but I'll pick my favourite. So he looks at right back and he says, OK, right back, I've got Klein or Ward. Ward's my captain, right? So Ward's going to play every week because I made him my club captain because he's been around forever and he's got a great leader, blah, blah, whatever the reasons. But I'm going to play Ward every week. But because I'm playing Ward every week, I can't play a system that enables the fullback to get forward. I need to play to Ward's strength, which means he's going to, drop inside and act as, a, as an additional centre-back the majority of the time, which leaves that flank completely open, which means whoever's playing on the right-hand side has to do 50-50 defensive and attacking work at best. So that completely changes the, the way you have to play. But then he does it the same thing with Jeffrey Schlupp. He goes, OK, I'm going to play Jeffrey Schlupp basically every single week. He's not fit. He's lost his pace. He can't pass forwards. But he does some really good things running around. And if I ask him to do those every week, he does them every week. So I get to the end of my, my game analysis and I say, okay, I'm looking at my game analysis of Jeffrey Schlupp. He successfully completed the number of blocks I wanted him to create to complete. He successfully positioned himself in the positions that I wanted him to do. He played within his capabilities exactly as I asked. Therefore, he gets picked every week. But just because he does everything he's asked, it doesn't mean he's the right person to play in the midfield because he isn't, because he's not good enough. And there's so many Palace players that you can say that about right now in terms of Roy picking them every week. But he started to do this thing of like picking people in really odd positions and making odd decisions about whether he's got you know a host of midfielders to choose from, but he chooses to play Richards. And like, actually, I like Chris Richards and I thought he'd been outstanding as a central defensive midfielder. But then we've moved him into a back three today and like Anderson and Gay didn't seem to like playing in back three and Richard seemed completely lost. So why do we do that? Why is that? A, what's the tactical decision there that it, it kind of worked in us losing against Everton? It becomes, again, it's this self-fulfilling thing of limiting yourself, telling yourself that this is the only way you can do things and then saying it proves your point. Because, you know, we nearly won a game or whatever. But the result today, you can't hide behind. I, I, and I'm, 
I, I will be absolutely shocked if he continues as Palace manager. I, I really would because it, it's indefensible right now. I don't know which way to fall anyway, on this. I had loads more I wanted to say. Cool, Cara. Sorry. No, I just, I, I, there's, there were two main points I wanted to make. Just the, the first one, um, coming back on what you just said there, is that like any normal club, <laughs> he would be gone. We are not a normal club. <laughs> the yeah. way that we have been managed, like just the last couple of years in particular. Now these cracks were there all the way along, but fine. Like decent enough decisions were being made. We were getting good loanies in, whatever. Like it, we were, we were, we were fine. Like we were okay. Uh, chaotic at time, whatever. It, we parish, and the way that the club is run under parish has run out of road. And it was the signs were there, starting a couple of seasons ago. People didn't want to accept it. I get that. He certainly doesn't want to accept it. I get that. He, you know, he's rich compared to any of us, but in terms of the other kind of football people he's going up against, he's not. So he's wanting to cling on to that as, as long as possible. Fair play to him, whatever. Um, but his plan, surely, and I think most fans now are on this page, that his plan was, we'll just get through this season. Luton, Sheffield United, like we've got two England goalkeepers we do now uh, we've got Gay we've got Ezra we've got the players that can just see us through this season let's not worry too much we'll get through it do whatever he needs to do and we'll kick on next season or come up with a plan uh, next season and it's not working I don't think he's the type of person that has a plan B <laughs> I think his plan B in when Roy Hodgson isn't the manager is pull the trigger quick and get like safety hands in who are the safety hands behind Roy Hodgson if you're if you're going to pull the trigger on him he doesn't have anyone Roy Hodgson is his safety blanket it you know like a toddler that needs the same blanket or just keeps going back to the same blanket whenever they're stressed worried whatever I don't know who he goes to unless he's going to shock us all and that work has been been going on in the background over kind of Christmas and whatever um with the kind of writing on the wall I don't know but I, I will I will actually be more amazed if he does do the right thing in Sackroy. Not because I don't think he should, mm. but because all of the signs say that he's just going to bury his head in the sand and just hope for the best until the end of the season. Uh, Patrick, I'll hand over to you because I know you don't have much time, but I'll come back in after uh, you for something else. Yeah. Um, did got you, a few did, others who yeah. want to join in as well. Ah. I, I, I'll bring him on in a second. I, I got you, Tim and uh, Mason. I'll see you guys in the background and get you on in a minute. But did you guys see... I'm looking for a comment in the chat, but there's a ton of comment. Potter was in the stands. And, yeah. and, and, and I have a friend who thinks that there's a link. I'm telling right now, there is no way Potter comes to Palace. <laughs> I can't see it. I just think it's totally... Yeah. The, I had to make that link on, during, the, during the, uh, the, 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 the TV. I cannot see a reason why, at this point, Potter come to Palace. Before the season, possibly. Especially, I'll say again, Steve Cooper is the one that Dougie loves, not Potter. Cooper is still available. It's more likely to be Cooper to come to Palace than Potter. So I don't want to get I want to get you guys your view on it before I get uh, I bring uh, Mason on and then yeah. Tim but, and I have to jump up. But what do you guys think about Potter being in the stand today? I mean, I, I would love it because it'd be funny, right? Oh, if we if we manage to somehow convince Potter to come to Palace, I, I, and I really rate him, you know. I, I think I do too. Know, he he did pick up some work. He did pick up some work that was being done really well at Brighton when he came in, by the way. Um, and you can see he left a really good framework for Deserby to come in as well. Uh, and yeah, he struggled at Chelsea, but everyone would have struggled in those circumstances. So I got a lot of time for him. Um, but you know, without being too sort of quaint about it, um, 
I think at the start of the match, there was a distinctly larger possibility than at the end of the match that he would <laughs> that he would join us. I think probably as as number five went in, you you know there was a kind of spinning chair, if you like, of him just just sodding off and uh, and and you know mysteriously Brighty and Parish can't get hold of him by by phone now. He must have lost data signal or something like that. You know he's he's gone. Uh, I think. So, um, but th- that's what we need. We need somebody who wants to put something in place for the long haul, you know, um, and, and bring people through. But I'm, you know, Cara, I'll, I'll let you give your view. Yeah, I well, the first thing I thought I actually heard it on the radio. Uh, I was listening to Five Live uh, as I was kind of uh, sorting things out before the game started, and they were like, "Whoa, hold on, Potter's in the stands. Like that stuff doesn't happen by accident. There's just nowhere you don't." go into the seats that he was in um and and be there for the world to see uh at a game uh like this not and it and it just be complete coincidence you just decided he fancied going and watching a game doesn't happen so there's something behind it what it is i don't know i think again if we were a, if we were a normal club if you kind of look at all of the things that we do have to offer i think he'd be a great appointment um but it would only work if the way that the club is run is willing to shift to allow that to work. Um, and that is obviously, if he is, if those talks are going on, presumably that will be the thing that he's also seeking reassurance, reassurance on um, before he'd, he'd even consider it, let alone say yes. But I mean, honestly, I'd take my cat managing instead of Roy right now. So yeah, Pot would be great. Like, <laughs> whoever. But yeah, let's go for it. All right. So let's get a few guests on before I jump off. So I think Tim, are you here, Tim? So you were, he said he was cooking some food, so maybe I'll go. Yep, back. I'm here. No, nope. I, <laughs> I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Um, Tim, Roy, Roy's biggest fan. What do you have to say about that? Today? I am not Roy's <laughs> biggest fan, but I have been. <laughs> I, I, I have been. Let, let me just say a couple quick things, and then I'll, 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 I'll give the floor to to Mason. This was not worth waking up at 5:30 a.m. Yeah, tell me about it. You not know. even close. I got the. The note on my on my phone at like 4:40 a.m. to see the lineup, and I felt as sick as I did on the the night of the 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 Everton replay. It's it's terrible. Like you can't tell me, and not that you are trying to tell me this, but I I can't think anyone would try to tell me that going into that match, I thought it was lost before kickoff. I thought it was lost before kickoff. With the setup, we looked like a team. I'm so frustrated and depressed and angry. And I don't like being like this because I, I, Patrick will tell you, I'm the guy that tries to bring some, like, I try to see some positives here. You do. I, I don't know what the positives are. What are they? That he's out now? Is that the that positive? That's the positive for me that he walks or is fired after today because if he, if he's still here for Sheffield United, we are. I was talking to someone in our chat. We're done, right? We're done. We we, we might get twelve points better the season with this manager. That's going to be thirty five. That's not going to keep us up. I don't care yeah. about point deductions. That will not keep us up this season. I don't care. How, so Patrick, I'm not convinced. I, I'm not convinced that the points deductions are coming. There might be one for Forest. I doubt yeah. that there's going to be much of one. For Ooh, Everton, Everton. If, if, one, right? at 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 maximum, this would be 
I, I am loath to agree with Simon Jordan, but I think he nails it. I think there's going to be an appeal, goes down to six, then they get a four point, and now we're at 10, and it's the same. And they're, they're not going to go down on a 10-point deduction. And I don't think Forrest is – Forrest has a bad argument that's also a good argument. Forrest's argument is that we, if we had sold – Brennan Johnson during the window in which we were eligible to sell him, we wouldn't have been out of compliance. Fair enough. The The problem is other clubs have done that and you played him. You played him during the window when you could have sold him. So that's a terrible argument. You can't win that. On the other hand, they were in the championship for two seasons. So their FFP calculation is not 105 million. It's 61 million. Based on three, two years. Right. It's 61 million. So will they get a little grace? Probably. I'm not convinced that Forrest is going to get a points deduction. But let me just, because I'm cooking food over there and I don't want to burn the place down. Two, Two quick things here. Okay. The first is. I do think Roy has to go, and I, I, I promised I would say something about the board here. I think the board is a million percent culpable here, and I, I, I am not, Patrick, you know this, I am not anyone but Parrish. I have not been Parrish out, and the reason for that is primarily because I've seen just in my job, I've seen a lot of nasty people. I've seen a lot of nasty people in football. You don't have to go very far. You just have to look at Die Younger down at Reading to see how bad it can get. Like, it can get horrible. So I am not perish out at, at all costs. But we're kidding ourselves if we don't think that the board needs a refresh, if we can't rethink this. So who – all right. So if if that's true – and there is a a possibility of selling the club. Who do you sell to? I think you have to be incredibly careful in this area. I'm not going to say be careful for of what you wish for, because that's that's not the right thing to say here. There are potentially legitimate owners who could come in and do a good job. The owner for me, the ideal owner, is neither. Middle Eastern sports washer or American billionaire. It's somebody who comes in and sees the club as an asset where if you are growing not only the commercial interests of the club, but also the infrastructure and the performances on the pitch so that it is an attractive club to play for, where people are going to want to come in, it has to be a very long-term minded investor who says, I can I can compound the value of this asset if I'm in it for a long period of time. The only kind of investor who thinks that way, at least here in the States, is more of a venture capital type investor. If you've never done anything with venture capital, a venture capital fund tends to have limited partners who are in it and you are signed up for 10 years. Don't expect any kind of return for 10 years. That's the kind of owner that we, that uh, personally, if that is the thing that we're, we're going to look for, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I want somebody who's not even thinking about any kind of exit or return for a minimum of 10 years. That's hard to find. That is very, very, very hard to find. But 
I can't see us doing anything. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Differently than that, I'm burning things here. So I, 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 <laughs> I would love to talk with you more. Get Mason on. He's going to say smarter things than me anyway. But... Um, I mean, I, I, great to have you on. I, I love you guys. Hang, hang in there. This was this was a shit game. It was awful. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. it was bad. It was it wasn't worth waking up for. But up the palace. Love you guys. All right, Tim. Take care, buddy. Thanks, Tim. Tim. Thank you. Cheers. Actually, before a lot of good stuff there. But I, yeah, should we I, hand? I, oh god. Yeah, I have to run. So Kara and Hambo, always great seeing okay. you guys. I'll I'll put Mason on and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah. I can't get much worse. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Patrick. Take care. Thank you. Mason, uh, you're taking yeah. over from Patrick. No pressure. Um, just want to <laughs> <laughs> just focus your mind, you know, get your, your inner Patrick going. But honestly, I mean, look, some general thoughts on the game. We can pick up a lot on what uh, what Tim was saying and, you know, the comments in the chat. But I just want to get your reaction to and, and how you're feeling right now. Um, I think it will take quite a while for me to get over this result. Um, it is our biggest defeat in just over three years since we lost 7-0 to Liverpool. That's our biggest defeat that we've seen. Um, It's now six wins in 25 games. At what point does Steve Parrish bite the bullet and get rid? What, what, What point? Now, the thing is, right, when that banner was raised... Roy looked like he was flooding up. He, he, he looked like he was going to burst into tears. Yeah. Now, I don't like to see that, right? As much as I want him to go and he hasn't helped himself, it sort of hit home that this is not all on him, right? The board need to take ultimate responsibility for this. Um, the um, rehiring him, we all knew, well, I knew that this was not the appropriate thing to do for a team that was going to be going into the next level phase. Um, you know, we're 20 days into the window. We barely look like we're going to sign anyone. It looks like West Ham are winning the race for Calvin Phillips. So they're going to be the ones getting him. Who are we getting in, in this window? The players just look, apart from Eze, the rest of them just look, and possibly Jefferson Lerma, the rest of them just look, disinterested um you know it's it's just a terrible result all around you know to lose five nil just shows how poor it's been now i know i I said in my youtube video that i've just made that i said that the club is now dead it needs an electric shock now maybe that was a bit over the top from me because look at reading look at where reading are we could be in a lot worse of a situation right but what we're saying is, is that we want to see something. We want to see 
um, a, a, even the slightest bit of progression. Now, looking at the Sheffield United game, it was in the middle of diff- difficult fixtures because I thought we'd still be in the FA Cup. We're not, but even still, we had Arsenal, then Sheffield United, an easier game, but then we had Brighton, Chelsea, Everton. That was a game that I thought we need three points. Do I trust Roy after that to get three points or even a point? Absolutely not. Mm. I think he needs to go go tonight. I don't want to see delays in it because, to be fair, we've seen delays from the club for years. I mean, you've only got to look at the last January transfer window last year. Didn't sign anyone till deadline day. Probably going to be the same thing happening here. They delay everything. It's, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, the thing yeah. is, I know what the next question is going to be. Well, what, what do you want to see change? My simple answer is, I don't know. I no, don't, I, 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 there's a lot, there's a lot to go to, to think about, really. And I know, Carl, I'll let you jump in in just, just a sec. I mean, I, I've been trying to keep my eye on Roy, whether Roy Hodgson is commenting after that game. And the the live feed across various sites have not featured him yet. So I'm feeling like it's probably just happened. I've seen um, um, a comment just drop in there um, that Roy is probably speaking at, the very, this, at this very moment. So I'm really interested to hear what he has to say um, yeah. on, on the topic. But I think I, I was... I go back to, to going back to what you're saying and, and, and the way we approach this game and why it's a need for a change. You know, I'll go back a little bit to what I was saying earlier, but elaborate a touch because like one of the things that, that people get a little bit wrapped up in is, is feeling sorry for Roy. Like you're talking about, he's looking at the banner, he's welling up, you know, he's had to deal with a lot. It's not the injuries majority. You can't say his, his fault. Lots of clubs have had lots of injuries, of course, but you know, we've had injuries to key players and it's been really hard for him. He's not got the strongest squad in the league by any stretch of the imagination. So you can get really tempted to go, no, no, it's it's all on the board. It's all on the board. But it, but it truth it isn't. There's a bunch of stuff that you can level at the board as criticism. When you actually just nail it down to what Roy's responsibility is as Crystal Palace manager. You know, as I said earlier, his responsibility is not just to the present. It's also to the future of the football club. Yeah. So when you have the man in charge who's saying, you know, the young players are not are not good enough to make an impact. Like doesn't matter if that's factually true. Like you don't say it. Like that it's not that far off what Troy Deeney got fired for put hanging his yeah. players out to dry in the press. You know, he got got yeah. fired after five or six games or whatever it was. You know, but but Roy Hashan has a duty to make sure that those players are encouraged and valued and the same with the fringe players as well that he doesn't say outwardly because you know he's old and it doesn't matter which is basically what he said the other week like it doesn't matter if you say that your players aren't good enough and you say that they're not going to be good enough and they're not going to get opportunities because that came out again this week you know the fringe players aren't going to get opportunities with the with the the senior side that I have available now. That's a senior side that he's just put out twice against Everton and couldn't score a goal and just got hammered 5-0 against um, against Arsenal. Exactly. Like, and those are the, the most recent things that have happened. So when you start feeling sorry for Roy Hodgson, which is understandable because he's an incredible CV, incredible manager, incredible man, but he's just not good enough as a footballer, football manager, yeah. right? He was yeah. incredibly innovative. He came into, into the... the, the Scandinavia in the seventies, right? And he he revolutionised football. That's what we need. We need Roy Hodgson yes. from fifty years ago. That's and I said it right. Fifty years. That's why he's not doing it now. He can't innovate. He's been left behind. We need innovation now. Yeah, I just I just want to make it like crystal clear. 
I didn't mean that all the blame has to go on the board. I, mm. I think Roy's job no. has been in danger since the end of October when he said about what you're talking about, the youth players. Now, he's since apologised. And don't give me all this crap. He didn't apologise because he genuinely felt sorry for what he said. Because what has he done out of pity? He, he hasn't given the opportunity. Look at the game against Everton on Talk Sport. The um, audio was released of what he said. He said, oh, Franca deserves the same amount of opportunity as a schlup. Go and have a look how many minutes has schlup played and how many minutes has Franca played. I know Franca hasn't been able to play since, I believe, mid to late October. But still, he's had so many opportunities to give him opportunities to gain experience. You know, look at... um, And he's saying, oh, but it's difficult for Franca, Ozo and um, Ahamada to break into this team. What, with Hughes as a number 10, with Eze on the wing, with Schlupp playing on right wing. Now, we brought Schlupp in, what was it now, seven years ago as a left-back. We're now playing him on the right wing. That just, <laughs> I mean, let's just let that sink in for a second. Look at um, David Ozo. I've said it for a while. I don't think Chris Richards, like, he's not the worst player in the team. But as a DM, I, he's played a few games there. He's done okay. But would Ozo do better? I think so. I mean, look at the performance against Man City. 70 minutes um, replacing Joel Ward did absolutely brilliantly. I think since he's played equivalent to about an hour of football since. I just wanted to pick up on a couple of things, Mason. I think everything you've said is uh out- absolutely spot on uh there's been a couple of things and I actually got a few messages from friends uh non-palace friends earlier um saying like oh yeah like you know, the the banners and whatever else but like it could be a lot worse blah blah, blah. and we hear this a lot like it could be a lot worse but it doesn't have to be this bad <laughs> like and it shouldn't be this bad like no. you look at Brentford you look at Fulham you look at even like West Ham I know they would be like you know arguably slightly uh, bigger club than than we are but you look at all of those kind of clubs they're managing it so what is it that's so different about Palace that apparently we should just be happy with mediocrity and just kind of say like cheers yeah we'll just go for a lifetime of this and never have anything fun never have anything good always just be told like be thankful for what you've got like it is nonsense it's a lack of ambition from ev- from everybody really anybody who has that mentality of like I would get it if we were like solidly mid-table right if we were always getting up there always going on different types of cup runs whatever playing good football putting a good display out there I'd be happy I'd be yeah. happy enough going through five six seven seasons of that absolutely fine but this is 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 awful and nobody wants to pay good money like just to kind of take it away from the pitch for for a moment and just kind of think about like what people's football club is to them people are paying very hard-earned cash during a cost of living crisis when things are not easy to go and either watch this football or subscribe to palace tv whatever to watch it sky sports subscriptions whatever right they're paying all of that money out to watch this it's not fair and football clubs rely on their fan base and are asking us to keep shelling out keep shelling out keep shelling out and then just tell us we should be lucky just to watch 11 players go out onto the pitch 
it is an absolute nonsense. And I think we have to, as a fan base, keep up the pressure to say this isn't good enough. And we're not just going to sit here and say like, yeah, cool. Thanks, lads. Like, whatever, we'll just keep watching. Um, Because I think that is the thing that Parrish does feel. He wants to be loved. He wants to be liked. And I think it's going to be really bothering him um, that he's not got that kind of special one status amongst the fans at the moment. Just to um, come back on one other thing you said, Mason, um, is about the window, like 20 days into the window, who are we getting? I don't even know if we know who we want. Because what system do we have? Mm. What are we aiming to play? And and, and you yeah. have to surely be able to answer those questions before you even start looking through a list of potentials. Yeah, We're just going to go to the end of the window and go, right, who's left? Who can we maybe get on a loan or on a cheap deal, whatever? Yeah. And again, it's not good enough. It's not going to get us anywhere for the second half of the season. It's certainly not going to set us up well for, for next season. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to make my last point because I'm being shouted at yeah. now for some reason. Yeah, um, I got it. The thing is, is that um, in the press conference, Roy was asked about the window and he said, oh, there might be one or two surprises in there. So the key word, surprises, he's not expecting anyone to be signed. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But the thing is, yeah. I go back to your point about, um, you know, the constant um, aiming to stay up seasons. It's because Steve Parrish has always had this safety blanket, like you mentioned, to fall upon. I mean, he tried to progress once with Frank De Boer, and then he fell with he fell onto Roy Hodgson, kept us in eleventh, and I think that it's not obviously the worst thing that could have happened because we could have been relegated that season. But you know, he he we should have had Roy for that season, and then keep attempting to progress. And I know we did end up doing that with Patrick Vieira, but instead of again attempting to progress again. He's gone back to Roy Hodgson. That like it it just mm. baffles me. It baffled me back in July when he rehired him. Yeah. But we're now Same. in January. Yeah. The I... season well, after the defeat to Everton, the season has died. The season is dead. Like I don't know. I don't know. But uh thanks for having me on. I um I could I could ramble all night about that. Five nil <laughs> all day. Um but Massive thanks. I've got to go. Thank you uh, for having me on. See you later. Cheers, Mason. Cheers. Been a, been a pleasure, yeah. mate. Yeah, an awful lot to say there. I've, there was loads I wanted to comment on, and I also want to cover Roy Hodgson's comments, which are now out. But Jordan's been sitting patiently in his car waiting to come on, so we're going to get him straight on. And uh, Jordan, do you know what? The floor is yours. Whatever you feel you need to say, whatever you want to get off your chest, go for it. Well, uh, hello, everyone, for, to begin with. Um, but yeah, the game was terrible. I've prolonged my Gobernock day by two hours just to watch that crap. Um, <laughs> and I think Roy needs to go, but I don't think with, you can get any manager in and he'll do a terrible job because of the ownership model we currently have. Mm. You know, Par- I'm not Parish out. I think Parish has done what he can. He hasn't got the finances to put into the club. So when he didn't have the finances, he sold his shares to Texter, who bought his shares and then Parrish put all the money he got then into the club. So Texter hasn't really put anything into the club. He's just bought the shares off him. And Harrison Blitzer, they just loan the club money. So any money they give, we have to pay back anyway, mm-hmm. which can work depending on how Parrish works it. Because um, I don't think a loan system being loaned money will work because then we just have less money every every season. Um and until that changes, I don't see any manager coming in and doing any a decent job. 
Do you not think, Jordan, that that is the like issue with Parish staying though? Like, I would agree. I don't think Parish is a bad guy. Let's like get that out there. But I think when I say like, I think his ownership and the way that he runs the club has reached the end of the road. It's kind of because of what you're saying because he's run out of options. It, he's yeah. kind of all he's got left is that he's the decision maker now. I don't have lots of money. So it's hard for me to sit there and go into the mentality of someone that does. But see if I did and I wanted to funnel it into a football club, I don't think I'd be happy just handing over all my cash and the guy going, yeah, cheers for that. I'll I'll keep you updated on what I'm going to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I think Parrish needs to stay at least on a chairman level just because of he can keep the culture of the club together. I think if you just got rid of anyone, uh, of everyone, and brought in some random fella with, or, or lady with more, more money, I think the club would just go down the pan anyway. Um, I like yeah. the idea of using the academy. Think, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. The, the culture, the culture, and the, the, everything that comes out in terms of what's said. You know, I'm always behind. I think you, you know, you're, you're articulating that well, Jordan. It's always something where. You un- we understand, yeah, we're proud of the area we're, we're in. We want to bring through our own kids. We're going to invest money in doing that. Um, but the two things aren't really marrying up. But I think what we're articulating is that actually just to compete in the Premier League takes a lot of money. And Tim was sort of saying it a little bit earlier in terms of the type of person you're looking for to come in and put money into a football club. It's essentially somebody who's not really going to miss it. <laughs> you know, they, they put the money in. If they get it back in, you know, a decade's time, great. If it all goes horribly wrong, then at least they had fun doing it. And that's kind of what you're looking for now. Um, if you don't want to go down the route of hard-nosed investors trying to use the system to make money, and, you know, realistically, all entire countries looking to use the system to to do things with money. Let's just leave it at that so I don't get sued. But, you know, I think you know we're, we're in that position now where, most people still respect Steve Parrish because he's been quite open in the past about how hard that job is. You know, how did he actually achieve making us a competitive club? And he's trying to do it by increasing our revenue. So that the big slow haul, let's get the stand built. But if you start analyzing it, like we have a horrible habit of saying we're doing something before we even know if we can. And that's where people lose a bit of trust in him. The fact that how long the, the stands situation has got taken to get resolved it's perfectly understandable if you look at each step and how it happened. But what's not understandable is publishing a set of drawings about Crystal Palace Park, then suddenly switching to some nice shiny drawings about redeveloping Sellers, all before all of it's ready to go, because then you set expectations you can't meet. And then you bring that point down to what we're seeing this season. To this season is setting expectations we couldn't meet. We set an expectation of a top 10 finish and Roy carrying on the champagne football from last season. I use that phrase because I just read it <laughs> somewhere else. Champagne football, I don't think I'd classify it as that. But anyway, so we we kind of like, that was our expectation going into this season. I, I say our expectation, I never believed it for a second. But, and I got a lot of criticism for that, as have many other people. Um, but but so, so be it, right? Everyone wants to think the best and, I think the good time is going to roll, right? But the truth is we set unrealistic expectations because we didn't invest in the squad to the level we should have done. And we brought back a manager who has reverted to type, you know? And and you start thinking about this game. Like, look at Eze at the moment, playing playing out wide. When Roy came back in, 
he revitalized Eze and Elise by giving them freedom. So why is he taking that freedom away? And it's because it goes back to being scared. It's worried about losing. It's worried about not not doing the right things. We're only about keeping solid. And we sent a team out today against Arsenal to keep solid and we lost five now. You know, what can you do with that? There you go. Anyway. Um, yeah, I was just going to no, say, go ahead. You yeah. know, when, when he came in last year, um, he was he was still hung up on, you know, Vieira still had his tactics in the squad, the mentality. So he just piggybacked off that. And he thought, well, I'll just give yeah. it a go because I'm only here for a, a, a month or two. And now it's just gone back to Roy, Roy Bo, hasn't it? That's spot yeah. on. Yeah. And imagine, That's if imagine if he'd walked... Those t- after then those ten games. Imagine that that was the perfect moment, wasn't it, for him to say, "That's it, draw a line under everything." That's the perfect way to end, you know. But he couldn't. He he's got the the football bug, hasn't he? Even talking before the game today, seeing his little face light up about about, about the game ahead and full of hope still. And he loves football and he and he won't stop. And unfortunately, it's only going to end one way, I think. And um and I hate to say I hope it ends that way today, but um but there you go. Um but yeah, I, I, yeah, just to be clear, let you go on, Tara. Yeah. Really quickly, sorry, but I think that is the saddest thing because I think you like Roy has done great some great things for Palace. Parish has done great things for Palace. And by both of them clinging on, whoever's decision it is, they're tarnishing that because it is a ne- at the moment it just looks inevitable for both of them that this ends very badly. I don't want like either of their endings at the club and their story of the club to be a really horrible one where everyone's just begging them to go. But that power sits with them as to whether or not that is the ending that they have at the club. And I think it's just so sad if they keep it going um, and just clinging on this way and don't just see that the time is up or at least in Parrish's um, situation, see that he needs to go in a different direction if he wants to stay in his position because this is just completely untenable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, Jordan, you're on your phone. We're using all your data. Go on, go for it. Um, One yeah, more, sorry. go for it. I think the only thing that Parrish can do now um, with, the current, with the, still the current owners is go back to Harrison Blitzer and say to him, I want to renegotiate you got 18% each or whatever. I want you to put in 18 million each every season for us to use to purchase a player, purely on to purchase a player. We purchase them, they stay, we put relegate, uh, release clauses in their contract and you get when they get sold, you get your money back plus 25%. And then you just put that money in every season. And that's, I think that's the only way that you can move forward with putting regular money into the club every every year. I'd be up for that. You know? <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, yeah, I'd be more than happy to see that. I can't uh, can't yeah. see it happening, but yeah. you never know, eh, hey, Jordan? No. Thank yeah, you so much for joining us, mate. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, thanks. Thanks, everyone. Cheers, Bye. Jordan. Yeah, take care, Hamburg. mate. We'll speak to you again, I'm sure. All the best. Hi. Hamburg, can Hi. I uh, pose a question for you and uh, people who are waiting to come on quickly? Just yeah. about... Uh, FFP, uh, something that I think Tim uh, was touching upon. Do we think, given that we are talking about mm-hmm. ownership of our own club, um, inevitably as well, I wonder how much this kind of like clubs being hit with fines and whatever else, and and probably the fallout from that being the cl- uh, cl- other clubs being a lot more careful. Do we think that's going to have a knock on impact of maybe some investors that wouldn't go near football being a bit more attracted to coming in because? they're not necessarily going to have to go up the people that can just funnel in losses after losses after losses each season. Um, that's kind of part A to the question and part B is then, 
does that have the potential to benefit us? I mean, it's, look, it's a hard, it's a hard question because the whole thing becomes a little bit circular, doesn't it? And I mean, look, FF going back to the the basics of, of FFP, like we are probably in a better position than most, right? I don't know if that's true. Um, I've just said it out loud and I've, and I've questioned it, but yeah, we're not spending anything. Like we have, we have paid absolute incredible attention to our obligations under FFP ever since we've been in the Premier League and, and before, to be fair, you know, we go back to the time where, you know, on our, on our podcast, we used to speak to, to Parish quite regularly and he was really open like about the cycles of FFP and he would talk us through what, you know, where they were in which cycle and, and you know, what point they could decide what to invest and when. And I've lost track of where we are in FFP cycles, by the way. I don't, I don't remember. It's like, it's three years cyclical, I think. So at one point in those three years, you can kind of take a punt as long as you know what you're going to do in the next two. Um, mm. And it's all built on, selling um selling enough assets and obviously the best thing you can possibly do in ffp which chelsea are sort of trying to do at the moment is sell your academy players for large sums of money because it's all profit and it all yeah. counters your ffp thing so i think that i, I think I, i've caught sort of taught myself away from rem- remembering the question properly but i think look we we do stand to benefit from others poor use of ffp and we do probably benefit like well there's a lower risk for us as a club that that's going to be a thing that trips us up and gets us relegated um but that's no good if you get relegated anyway um through inaction is it so you then have the 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 problem of how do you bring in investment how do you how do you develop as a club and for, for a long time and again i can only say what's been coming out of the club as as the answer to that question it's invest in the infrastructure it's to look at the fact that so we still talked a few years back one of the biggest drivers for uh improving to get for the new standard improving the corporate facilities um was that that brings a significant amount of sponsorship income so you know as fans we're going yeah but i'm still standing knee deep in piss in the arthur way thanks very much mate but of course, getting draining draining the piss out of the Arthur Weight does not get you the three million pounds, four million pounds a season that it will get you for for making the boxes nice and shiny, right? Um, so, you know that that's kind of the sums that they have to do, and you do as a fan, you do get kind of you do feel a little bit like, oh, am I even am I even here? And right now, you know that you couple that feeling with. So you're trying to think, you're trying to think logically and support the people making decisions because look, it's their benefit. Like Steve Parrish, Blitzer, Harris, Texter, everybody benefits if Crystal Palace Football Club grows its stature, finishes higher up the league, attracts better players, attracts more attention, attracts bigger sponsors, can then build the stadium bigger so the income get generated gets higher and higher and higher. All those things, it's this this kind of snowball effect if it all goes right, but the but there's so many clubs that for that's true for you know and it just goes back to you can kind of forget all of that to some degree because money i hate to say it, like i'm not saying money the money isn't important the the you know the income to the club being able to invest in the squad isn't important it is but when you look at a team like Luton is a great example. And there's a team, there's more than one team like this every single year. And Luton just happens to be the most recent example of this. Who've come up with a, you know, uh, Rob Edwards, other than playing for Palace briefly, on his CV, 
you know, there's nothing on his CV that says he's going to be this fantastic manager at Premier League level uh, at all. You know, he hasn't got 50 years in the game like Roy Hodgson's got that that demand immediate respect. But but Rob Edwards has got a, a team full of League One and Championship players, absolutely giving it a, an, the best possible go you can imagine at Premier League level. See, they lost to Arsenal. They lost 4-3 to Arsenal. Like, and they were unlucky to lose four three to Arsenal because they just yeah. they went for it. They backed themselves. They've got they've got a philosophy, but it's not like a complicated, amazing tactical philosophy based on tiki taka or total football. It's people believing that they're good enough and that together as a team that they can achieve something. And that's completely devoid in everything we do right now, isn't it? Like you look at the team today, that did not feel like a team that were like guys, yeah. Arsenal are going to want to win this game. It's it's an away game. Um, you know, we, we've got players out, but they didn't feel like everybody was together. There wasn't this big huddle on this, you know, people like uh, cheering each other on, got each other's backs, putting in challenges. That's just gone. And that was basic Palace DNA before, wasn't it? Like that was, was what we I, used to love. A, a point on that, um, Hamburg, you just reminded me, is at the end of the game, you saw uh, two players uh who uh were over by the fans anderson first of all now i did, obviously you can't see what he's interacting with but who very clearly said what do you want us to do and then turned around saying fuck off right and then immediately you get ezra up at the fans just holding his hands up and like applauding the fans mm-hmm. and then just holding his hands up and like like you say that is not a group of players who are going right yeah things are tough but backs up against the wall we're going to fight our way out you know but that is unhappy players with no direction very little hope by the looks of it um yeah and we go on from there absolutely uh there's a lot of lot of comments coming i want to quickly jump back to to roy's post game comments but some really good sensible things i see john john die you're back in the chat there uh, shouting for for Mark Robbins as manager, he's, he's done a long apprenticeship as, in his managerial career, but he's doing some really amazing things at, at Coventry at the moment. But I seem to remember, John, you were Thomas Frank's agent a few years back because you used to message every single show when we did watch along, saying, "Let's get Thomas Frank as manager." Were well, you wrong? Probably not. So maybe we should go for Mark Robbins. Um, <laughs> but anyway, just just thought I'd point that out because I noticed it. Um, and let's hope my, my memory is correct. And that was you, John. Otherwise you'll be very, very, very confused. Uh, there's a few stories floating about, about Potter still, but nothing, nothing sort of concrete. I was looking at those at the same time as well. Um, but I am. So Roy, after the game was talking to match of the day, he said the following, the worst thing is that three of the goals all came from corner kicks. You don't say that that was the worst thing. The worst uh, two thing. from theirs and one from ours. Yeah. And they started a very quick counter and 3-0 down, you're up against it. Okay, I'm not going to nitpick everything because we're here forever. He said, I decided to give some of the younger players a chance chance on the basis we played in midweek and some of the players had worked very hard. But 3-0 down against a rampant Arsenal is asking for trouble and asking for the two quite simple goals at the end. So he's explaining that we lost 5-0, not 3-0 because he put the kids on. The fact is, two of our major attacking players are not there at the moment. Eze is just coming back from injury, so he is there. Uh, our attacking potential is a bit less at the moment than it would normally, but I don't think we created anywhere near enough chances. You don't think? Okay, we don't know. It's a big difference. Uh, Arsenal were very good. Whatever we could have done, whatever team we put on the field, we would still have been struggling to contain them. 
as they do have so much talent and are very well drilled. It's a struggle. There's no doubt we have to keep looking over our shoulder and we are in a relegation battle. No question about that. I believe the team and club and the group of players we have are more than good enough to get us away from the relegation zone. Of course, at the start of the season, we had hoped we would build on the end of last season. So, it's now, yeah, we are, uh, you know, we are in relegation trouble. And he was asked specifically about the fan protest at the end of the game. He said they're entitled to their opinions. They are frustrated, disappointed, and probably angry. We haven't been able to do as well as they would like. One understands that. Crystal Palace fans have drugged us through many difficult situations and helped us to survive at moments when survival looked difficult. We can only hope we can do better and provide them with what they hope to see, which is win more games and move away from the relegation zone. No, no. I, yes, that would that would be nice. But to actually play some football would be nice. That's what I would like to see first. So frustrate. And they was asked if he was frustrated whether he had, had not had more financial backing. And he said, no, not particularly, because when I went into the job with my eyes open, I knew what my job was and I knew it wasn't to come in with a big treasure chest. I think you're thinking about pirates there, Roy. But anyway, let's move on. Uh, I knew it was to be working with what we have here, trying to contain and keeping that team and at least heading towards the middle of the table. That was complicated by the long-term injuries we have had, but I'm hoping when those injuries are not part of the equation, we will do better. So there's a lot of thinking and hoping. Your reaction to that? Oh, where do you even start? I mean, so well, I'll tell you where I'm going to start. Actually, tell myself where I'm going to start. is giving the kids a chance. Right, at 3-0 down. So not to be Eric Cantona, but like, see when uh, drivers are learning to drive a train, yeah? You're not giving them a chance if you hand over the uh, wheel or whatever is used to drive a train when the brakes have just given way and you're coming off the track and then you go, here, all right, yeah, we're going to give you a chance now to learn how to drive a train. That is absolutely ludicrous. And it's something that I wanted to, I've written down to mention um, anyway, like our season is over, right? It was pretty much final nail in the coffin, uh, losing to Everton midweek, going out the cup. So would you not just think, all right, we're losing these games anyway. Let's just, Mm -hmm. let's properly give the kids a chance. If we're throwing away this season and we've got really not much to do with it, let's just look at the players we've got to bring on. Going back to uh, what you were saying uh, as a part of that FFP thing, uh, Hambo, as well. You know, let's give them the chance to that that we could shift some of them for some money if we need to in the summer, if that's the way that we're going to go. And set up a team around them. Don't bring on... James Tompkins at the end of the game. That's not giving the kids a chance. Like All of it is just absolute nonsense. And I can't, it really baffles me. I just flick between so many different ideas of what is going through his mind and what he's trying to do with the club every single time I hear him speak. Uh, Because he must know that is nonsense, surely. I, I assume so, but but I don't know. I, it's like you say. I mean, my my biggest concern in, in the things that get said is almost week to week. There's a there's a kind of cycle of Roy saying something ridiculous and then backtracking on it. Yeah, like it's almost yeah. every week now. And and you know, he kind of again his excuse that I mentioned earlier, which is like, um, because it's you know he, he's. In the latter stages of his career, it doesn't really matter anymore. So he just says what he thinks. Well, well, that's quite revealing, isn't it? If you're saying what you think and then having to backtrack because it's horrendous, then probably 
you know, something's something's wrong there somewhere, isn't it? So it's hard to know whether to to take what he says at face value at all. It it really is. But um, you know, I was I've been trying to look, like look in those comments, and I was trying to look into sort of like the the setup for the game and things like that before we before we got into the stream. And I looked at as I often do about the um the sort of average position report that you can get on whoscored.com because I think that tells a really good story of the game sometimes. And I think the story of that, I would highlight it by saying, you know, the game we played today, we essentially enabled Arsenal to play one at the back. On on average, they had... Um, oh, I've forgotten who it was. My brain doesn't really work. Uh, William Saliba, basically. he he was His average position was basically back with the goalkeeper. And then the rest of the team could do what they want throughout the rest of the game. Like... And, and so Roy's talking about that their team being well-drilled, but his version of well-drilled and Arteta's version of well-drilled are very, very different and kind of endemic of the problem that we have right now. Our version of well-drilled is zonal marking at set pieces, which we, we have not changed and we're still conceding goals all the time about it, you know, um, because we're just so easy to predict. It's like, okay, run from one zone into another zone and then that will confuse them. Okay. Like most clubs at best, if they use zonal, they will do a mix of zonal and man marking and they'll still man mark tallest players with tallest players, you know, that kind of stuff, real basic stuff. But we don't, we don't do it and and we don't learn. Um, But in all of that, you know, you can analyze that game as much as as you like, but what it basically comes down to is watching a, a team that do not, no matter what they say, they do not have faith in the system that we play and in the decisions being made by the manager. They don't anymore. You know, people talk about losing the dressing room and how it's always obvious. It's not always obvious because especially when it's a manager that people like on a personal level and respect on a professional level. And that's exactly what we have. But for me, this is not about today. This is long, long, long overdue. He was the wrong choice at the start of the season. And it's been abundantly clear. And you can talk all day about him not having at least say Eze in the same starting lineup more than once, as much as you like. But that hasn't that does not explain the approach we've taken in games. It doesn't explain turning up and playing Arsenal the same way you played Luton. Uh, well, unless you're unless you're attacking both <laughs> that way, because we, we're turning up to try and nick a, a point or maybe hope maybe hope to win. And I use those words deliberately because it's what Roy says: hope a player will do something that means we can win a game. If I was appointing somebody like in, in my line of work without going into too much detail, and they said in their interview, well, I'm going to come in, I'm going to kind of mess around a bit on the computer for a while with them. And at the end of it, I'm going to hope that there's a really good design that comes out at the end of it. I'll go, yeah, all right, cheers. I'll um, probably get somebody who's got a plan for what they're going to do and how they're going to achieve it and then has some sort of quality, quality control over the end product. Well, I'm not going to go with hope um, because hope isn't really what I'm, what I'm selling. And I don't think hope is what you should sell uh, as, as a football manager. I think we've, we've moved on from Roy. We really have. And, and that's the end of it. <laughs> John is an entertaining commenter. I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, I'm not going to flash those up on the screen there, John. So, look, I think um, that we've been on for well over an hour now, and uh, I believe it's the time where we start to draw this thing to a close. I don't know how long DR usually goes on because I, I my brain shuts off long before he, he does, but I think we've probably hit uh, 
you know towards the end of the show so any any last comments that you've got get them in now um before we start wrapping things up but you know i suppose car last thing for you really i suppose like based on those comments from roy based on the performance today are you expecting anything to change before the sheffield united game on the 30th no i'm not honestly i'm not <laughs> right like only and like and again i just want to stress this isn't because i don't want it to or i don't think it should but i am not in any way hopeful that the club has any kind of backup plan or like mm-hmm. yeah i just i just think they're trying to see it through to the end of the season and uh parish will be like um trying to come up with good slogans and stuff that he can give out that will get a good palette hey he might do another mural maybe he'll do another mural right that he can unleash at the next time we lose five nil that will just keep everybody going for a few games. But no, I don't, I don't expect anything's going to change between, between now and Sheffield United. That's a good idea. Let's get, let's find one of those houses once Roy's face painted on it. Um, Yeah. Hey, listen, I live in Northern Ireland now and there's a, there's a fair few murals going around. So uh, it's. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, They're very um, colorful, aren't they? Yeah. But, um, but (laughs) Yeah, we'll steer clear of that one, I think, for the time being. Um, yeah, lots of people talking about um, Potter, understandably, in the chat. And again, I have to say, I don't know what to read into it today. I appreciate the comment made earlier, obviously, that, that you know, you're saying, Cara, he, he wouldn't be there for no reason whatsoever, given where he was sitting. It's not like he was in the crowd or anything. He's in the, you know, he's, he's a guest there for some reason. Um, you know, if the my gut feeling is, He's being lined up for something else a bit better than Palace, and he's in there watching some Premier League football because um, he's been linked with the Man United job, hasn't he? If they finally uh, boot Ten Hag, so I don't feel like um, he was there watching Palace. But if he was, um, I feel like I said earlier, he'll be a lot, a lot less keen to come in uh, and manage Crystal Palace than he would be prior to that game because it's, there's an awful lot of work to do, uh, and it's a team that are going to be very, very low on morale. But for me, I, I will accept any change. I'm, I'm not expecting it, but but I, and I don't. But I don't know why because I can't think of a reason to leave him in in post. I I think the the form, the performances, the body language of the players, and the division that is growing between fans and club all point to it being the time to make the change right now. You know, we've got a 10-day break till we play Sheffield United. The Sheffield United game is a game that our squad, even with current issues, should win. We That's a home game, isn't it, against Sheffield United? So, it is. you know, if we're not targeting that for three points, um, then we're doing something very, very wrong. So if you want to give a manager a nice run into a job before he has to go and play Brighton away and then go to Chelsea, that's the perfect opportunity to do that. You're in a transfer window, 10 days prep, you know, I, I don't see when you're going to get a better opportunity because the only other choice, choice is wait till the end of the season and that could easily be too late the way things are right now. But anyway, should we stop there? I need to go and do stuff. Um, it's been it's been a real pleasure coming in and, and hosting this. I still will probably take DR to task on this for making me talk about a 5-0 defeat. He had some sort of uh, inside knowledge, I feel, Um but um, I hope he I hope he enjoyed himself. He was at the game, so he got some degree of punishment already. To be completely fair to him, uh, but really enjoyed all of your comments. Really enjoyed speaking to a few of you as well. Um, 
you know those of you in the comments who didn't try and get on i think we missed a few people sadly because um everybody wanted to get a lot off their chest i think but um but those of you we missed apologies and those of you that didn't try and get on the show please do so again in the future you don't you don't need much you can do it on your phone you can pretty easy to get on we're nice we don't mind talking to you um so you know get involved that's what i would say um and just a little little thing that dr wouldn't tell you as well i happen to know that if you go to nordvpn.com forward slash back of the nest there's a little cheeky 30-day free trial that's available for you there those of you that listen to the audio of this that goes out on the podcast feed will get some more detail on that but you know maybe i'll pop that uh maybe i'll pop that in the chat if you go to nordvpn.com forward slash back of the nest a little a little bit of sponsorship going on turned into studio from family guy i i did i did for some reason turn into studio from family guy and that is a sign that i need to end this stream immediately cheers all take care bye up the palace etc bye it's the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfect Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.